Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. The title of my message this morning, I believe I have a word from God this morning to you. Simply as I was praying this week, the Lord had shared a word with me to encourage you. Simply to encourage the church, to encourage the body. So much you would find in the New Testament, especially Paul's letters about encouragement. When the, 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 when the disciples or when the church body comes together, they receive encouraging words to be built up in him, in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want to encourage you. But the title of my message this morning is called, Don't Live There. Go ahead and write it on the chat. Do, don't live there. Don't live there. This is going to be a lesson all right, in overcoming discouragement, a lesson in overcoming discouragement. In other words, I want you to take out your, your phone. I want you to take out a, 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 some um, a notepads or a pen and paper. I don't care if you write like chicken scratch, all right? I want you to take some notes today. Uh, take out your Palm Pilot. You know what I'm saying? I want you to take some notes this morning because I believe this is some practical advice for something that we deal with on the daily, all right? So I want to give you a lesson in overcoming discouragement. I'm going to wait for y'all to get that notepad out, all right? Uh, This is a lesson. This is going to be some tips on overcoming discouragement in your life. Former heavyweight boxer James Quick Tillis, a cowboy from Oklahoma who fought out of Chicago in the early 1980s. Uh, He remembers a time when he visited or he went to the Windy City from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He says when he got off the bus with his two cardboard luggages, he remembered getting out of the bus and looking up at uh, in Chicago at Sears Tower and saying as he was going to begin his pro boxing career, he was he said, I'm going to conquer this city. And to his amazement, as he looked down, uh, he realized both his luggage, cardboard luggage was gone. So much of life is discouraging in some ways, all right? So much of life, of what we deal with is battling discouragement. This morning, I want to preach a message on the lesson of overcoming discouragement. Now, don't matter how old you are or how young you are. It don't matter how experienced at life you are or how inexperienced at life you are. It don't matter if you're black or brown or white, all right? It don't matter if you're rich or you're poor. Everybody faces discouragement. But what separates people from the pack is what you do in times of discouragement, all right? Discouragement can wake up in the morning when you wake up. Discouragement can visit you when you're having your pancakes and your cup of coffee. Discouragement can come through people who can use seemingly reckless words and discourage your soul. Discouragement can visit you in the midnight hours. Even if you're trying to fall asleep, you feel a spirit of heaviness over you, reminding you. Some of you, some of some of us are still uh, discouraged even from years ago in the past. Some of us have feel seemingly disenfranchised because of discourage, uh, discouragement in the past or even in the present. I want to talk to you this morning about discouragement. I want to encourage you this morning simply because the Lord had asked me to encourage the body. I'm, I know that I'm talking to someone right now and you are discouraged. You woke up this morning and you woke up with bad thoughts 
already putting you down. Someone's watching this morning and you're in a discouraging season. Whatever you're going through right now, I want to encourage you in the Lord, in Jesus Christ. All right. And as I talk about discouragement, we have to understand that there is such so many people in the Bible who have battled great bouts with discouragement, with discouragement. I want to let you know right now you don't have to live in discouragement. Watch, here's some examples of some great people in the Bible who have battled discouragement. Watch this. Abraham was up in age and had no child or heir. In fact, his name meant father of multitudes. That was his name, Abraham, before Abraham. Abraham was the father of multitudes, yet he did not have any, no, no children at all, no heir. How about Jacob? Jacob had to constantly compete for his father's blessing and always had to cheat through life. Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers and was placed in a pit, sold into slavery and left in prison for two years. Moses was discouraged because he couldn't speak and he constantly dealt with the stubbornness of the Israelites. How about this? David, I'm sure, was, was discouraged at times. Uh, David faced rejection of his own father, his own brothers, his own king, Saul, not only his own king, but his own nation and even his own son, Absalom. How about this? The prophet Elijah was so discouraged and dejected, so much so he ran for his very life and went to hide from Jezebel at Mount Oreb. How about Jesus? Rejected by his brothers, his own town and his own nation, He constantly dealt with the disciples and the religious elite. I want to let you know that uh, if you're facing discouragement, there is hope. Watch this. Despite the fact that Abraham's body was as good as dead, he believed in God and was credited, credited to him as righteous. And in his old age was given the promise of Isaac, his only son, uh, uh, how about this, J- or not his only son, he had Ishmael as well, but we all know that story. You know what I'm saying? All right, how about Jacob? Jacob eventually realized that he didn't have to compete for his blessing and he didn't have to always cheat his way through life. He had always been blessed and always had a future and a destiny. Joseph went from being a slave and a prisoner to prime minister of Egypt. Moses spoke to God face to face and led one million Israelites to freedom. David became one of the greatest kings besides Jesus that has ever lived in human history. How about this? And Elijah, Elijah didn't even die. All right. His body didn't even die. He went to heaven in chariots of fire. What, what, what are, what are you facing this morning that is discouraging you? Maybe it was something that somebody said. Maybe it was watching the news this week. Maybe it was seeing the state of our country. Maybe it was going to a doctor and going to a doctor's visit and hearing the news uh, that was uh, the update that was shared with you and 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 your health. What is discouraging you this moment? And I want to let you know that the the people that I just described in the Bible, what truly makes them heroic and pillars of faith is what they've done in the middle of discouragement. Oh, come on, somebody. What will you do in the hour of discouragement? How will you respond when someone gives you, share some discouraging words with you? All right. But how will you respond? So my first point, I'm going to be talking a few about a few points and I want you to take some notes because this is practical 
for your life to overcome in Jesus' name. My first point is this, is that discouragement is a dungeon. Write it on the chat right now. Discouragement is a dungeon. Discouragement is a dark and bleak place. It's a prison cell with no air in the room. Discouragement is a cell that you were never meant to be in. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that it's time to step out of the dungeon. Come on, somebody. The dungeon is uh, is a place of deceit, despair, depression. Someone's someone's watching this morning and I know that you're discouraged. Watch this. Someone's watching this morning and you're still discouraged from years ago. And maybe you're living in the dungeon right now. Maybe you feel like your dreams are dashed. Maybe you feel like you're not capable. Maybe you feel like someone has told you you're not good enough. Maybe someone told you, you, don't, you you're not pretty enough. You're not good looking enough. You don't have the ability. You don't have the skills. You don't have the education. You don't, you don't, you don't. But I'm here this morning to tell you that God has come to tell me to encourage you and to step out of the dungeon of discouragement. Come on, somebody. What will you do in the hour of discouragement. Discouragement is a sickness to the soul. It is a disease from the devil himself. And let me tell you, there's nothing, as as I've been through ministry, let me just share it like this. The last four to five years has been one of the most incredible parts of my life and my journey in faith. It's It's been an incredible stretch of faith. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times the devil has tried to get me down by discouraging me so many times on the journey of faith. I have a lot more to say about that, but I feel like I can relate to some of you this morning. You know, you may say, Pastor, or or Michael, you're a pastor and you don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. You know, you you have such favor on your life because you're a pastor. Let me tell you, I have flesh and skin. I have blood flowing through my veins just like you. But let me tell you, when it comes to uh, discouragement, I've made some decisions about it. I'm getting ahead of myself. But watch this. I'm no different than you. All my life, I remember there was a time in my life where a person in my life that I live with that raised me had always and constantly had told me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy enough, that I'm never going to make it, that I'm just going to be like my father, that I'm going to be on drugs and I'm never going to make anything of myself. And I've heard that day after day, every single morning before I went to school and, some, and a lot of times even before I went to bed at night. And there was this constant cycle. Some of you are going through that right now where people are just telling you that you're not good enough, that you're not going to make it, that you're this and you're that. You're just like your mom or you're just like your dad or you're never going to amount to anything. And I, I was going through that every single, day of my life where I on a, at a certain point I believed it and I was living in a dungeon let me tell you this morning it's time to step out of that dungeon it's time to believe the word of God come on somebody and believe who you're called to be to step into your destiny to use the gifts and the, and the skills and the talents that God has equipped you with come on somebody and here's the thing about the dungeon watch this about living in a dungeon of discouragement come on somebody watch this You may think that someone else is putting you in that dungeon because of what they're telling you. But watch this. They don't have that right or that authority or that power to put you in the dungeon of of bleakness and despair. Watch that. 
only you have that right to believe that and to stay there. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time to know who you are in Jesus name. It's it's time to stand up in your faith and say, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is what God has said I am. It's it's time to start believing the lies, lies and start believing who you're called to be in Jesus name. So step out of the dungeon, step out of the bleakness, step out of the darkness and step into the light. Come on, somebody. You're called to be a somebody in Jesus name. I'm here to tell you that Jesus didn't just die on the cross and leave his Holy Spirit for you to live in weakness and powerlessness and to be a nobody and to do nothing. Come on, somebody. God has died on the cross for you to forgive your sins, to empower you with his Holy Spirit, to be a mighty achiever in Jesus name. Come on, somebody. But you're called to be uh, a, part, a part of greatness in Jesus' name. So my first point is discouragement is a dungeon. Discouragement is a dungeon. How about this? Discouragement is a choice. Write that on the chat. Discouragement is a choice. You said, Pastor Michael, what do you mean discouragement is a choice? Watch this. A disappointment is inevitable. Life is going to be disappointing sometimes. Sometimes life can be very disappointing. But watch this. Discouragement is a choice. And you got to be like the movie and you got to get out. Come on, somebody. All right. Don't don't stay there. It's your choice to dwell there. It's your choice to stay there. Come on, someone. All right. And I'm asking you this morning not to stay there but to get out of there. What do you, you say, Pastor Michael, what do you mean that I, I'm staying there, that I'm dwelling there? All right? It means that your, your mind is continually dwelling on the discouraging and disparity of those thoughts that's locking you up in that dungeon and God wants you to move on. In fact, can I get that water bottle right there, wife? I'm gonna show you an illustration. One day, you could throw it up. You could throw it up. There we go. One day, a psychology, a psychology teacher came to her class talking about dwelling and staying there and discouragement is a choice. Watch this. One day a psychology teacher uh, went, went to class and at the beginning of her class, pretend this is a glass bottle, all right? It's plastic, all right? Albert, or uh, what is this, Costco? Costco water, gotta love it. It's cheap and affordable, you know what I'm saying? All right. Um, one day the, the psychologist started class and there was tons of people there in the class ready to learn. And she started off the class by holding out this glass of water. And she, she said, class, how much, how, much, how much weight do you think this weighs? And the class started guessing, eight ounces, 16 ounces. One person yelled out, one pound, all right? And she told the class, you know what? It doesn't matter how much this glass, bottle, glass of bo- bottle weighs, all right? Bottle of glass w- weighs, all right? And they said, what do you mean it doesn't matter? She said, what it matters is how long I hold on to this glass bottle. And they said, what do you mean? She says, because watch this, if I hold on to this for uh, maybe a few minutes, you know, it'll, be, it'll, it'll start to carry some weight. But if I hold on to it um, for about you know, a few hours, my arm is start to going to ache. And if I hold on to this all day long, I'm going to feel numb and paralyzed and incapacitated in a way. And before I know it, the only way, only, the next thing that's going to come is the bottle is going to fall down and it's going to shatter everywhere. All right. And she's saying that she, what she's trying to say is that mentally, mentally speaking, all right, emotionally speaking, as we do the same thing when it comes to bad thoughts, 
to, uh, to uh, dark thoughts or when it comes to discouraging thoughts, we do the very same thing. If you hold on to it, maybe for five minutes, it might not do a whole lot. But if you hold on to it for about two to five hours, it's going to start to hurt you. And if you hold on to it for a whole day, it's going to start to make you feel paralyzed and numb. And watch this. If you hold on to it for years, come on, somebody, you're going to start to harm yourself in Jesus name. I'm going to throw this water back. Thank you so much. All right. All right. So discouragement is a choice. Disappointment is inevitable. But discouragement is a choice. All right. The reality is that you will be disappointed in your life and life can be disappointing. But you need to understand that discouragement is a choice. You make the decision to dwell there and live there. You are not meant to live there. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody. How about this? Discouragement is a distraction. Discouragement is a distraction from the enemy of your soul. The enemy wants to take your eyes off the prize and off the goal of this marathon called faith. Come on, somebody. He will try to discourage you so bad, he'll want you to quit on your calling. The enemy will want to discourage you so bad sometimes, he'll want to make you fight with people you love. Come on, somebody. He'll try to discourage you so bad and distract you so bad that... uh, He'll take your eyes uh, off, the pro- off the solutions and keep them on the problems. Are you distracted this morning? Whatever, through whatever you're going through, are your eyes on Jesus? Or is your focus and your attention continually on the person who hurts you and continually on the despairing thoughts and the despair that you feel inside your heart? Um, watch this. Here's another one for you. All right. You know how ships sink Ships don't sink because of the water that's around them. Ships sink, sink because of the water that gets inside of them. Come on, somebody. All right. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. All right. How about this? There are things in your life right now that are around you. There are things in your life, circumstances, situations, issues, family problems, coronavirus, that all want that seemingly uh, want to make you drown, all right, and be discouraged, all right. But watch this: you can't let those things that are around you in your life get inside you and dwell within you so much so to make you sink and be discouraged. Can I tell you something right now, man? I grew up with a horrible childhood. I grew up with a bad child. Uh, terrible childhood. I was around drugs. I was around bad language. I was around bad attitudes. I was around people who were ODing. I was around just a, a horrific, just uh, things in my life. But some, as I was growing up in my life, I had made a conscious decision, come on somebody, to not let those things around me get in, get in on the inside of me, all right? Because let me tell you, yes, discouragement is contagious. Right now you're, 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 you're going home and your, your family is in chaos. Right now um, you're dealing with situations in the finances and all of these things are around you and it wants to get inside of you and it wants to defeat you. But I'm here to tell you right now there's, that there's somebody else inside of you that's going to help you overcome. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. God does not want you to sink or fall uh, down, if you will, all right, in discouragement. He wants you to remain encouraged in Jesus' name. So don't let the water get inside of you and sink you. Come on, somebody. All right, watch this. Here's the other thing about being discouraged, not letting it get inside. Somebody says something 
to you that's so terrible. Somebody has been saying something to you that's so terrible and it gets inside of you and you believe it and it's sinking you down and it weighs you down and you believe that you're not able and you believe that you're not capable, but it's time to get that outside of you. Come on, somebody, and get the word of God in you, all right, and believe it and and trust it and walk in it and prosper in it because you can do anything that you put your mind to. Come on, somebody, all right, somebody out there is out there, say amen, all right. So much of the time growing up, I was, I was told and bull, all of this stuff, uh, not, not this stuff, but told, told, told that I was nobody. I was nothing. I wasn't going to make it. All right. But I had to believe this. Discouragement is a choice. Are you going to dwell there? Or are you going to dwell on the word of God? Are you going to live there? Or are you going to live right here and believe who, who you truly are in Jesus name? Amen. So uh, how about this? Oh yeah, so discouragement is a choice. Don't live there. Don't dwell there. All right, don't build your house there. Don't build your life there. Come on, somebody. It's time to build your life on on Jesus and the freedom that he brings. uh, Here's my third point. Discouragement is opportunity in disguise. Discouragement is opportunity in disguise. Watch this. We have to understand. You say, Pastor Michael, how is discouragement opportunity? You have to understand this. You have to understand this. Even in the world, they get this, all right? But we have to get this. Watch this. You cannot have a victim mentality. You can, no one, no one who, who ever did anything great did it by self-pity because they felt sorry for themselves. Come on, somebody, all right? Discouragement is opportunity in disguise. In other words, a growth and opportunities to succeed in your life are often wrapped in challenges, are often wrapped in even in discouragements. What will you do when you don't get hired for the job? What will you do when the boss or, or someone tells you you're not good enough or you don't have the experience? Are you gonna quit? Are you gonna rise to the occasion and be, be who God has called you to be? Get better, get stronger, all right? And grow, so much of growth is deciding uh, in those moments of discouraging times and disparity that you can do greater things in your life, all right? That you are capable of more. You got to be confident in yourself, all right? You got to see these as there's some, right, someone's watching right now and you're going through a challenging time right now. You're going through a great time of discouragement. Watch this. And every time you wake up and every time you go to bed and, every, and all the time in between, You're constantly um, berating yourself with these thoughts. But watch this. What if you change your mentality to see that these things are opportunities, all right, to help you be better, to help you grow stronger, all right, to help you become who you're meant to be in Jesus' name? How about stop using those discouraging, despairing times and moments in this season or any season of your life and, and allow these to be um, just uh, debilitating and discouraging things in your life. Let me tell you something, all right? When Karina and I started the Calling Church, man, we had a dream from God. But let me tell you, it was not easy at all. And oftentimes it was very discouraging. Even in the early days, there would only be like 10 people or 15 people or 25 people. And I thought, God, I'm going to throw in the towel because this is discouraging. But watch this. Discouragement is often opportunity in 
disguise. And and instead of saying, you know what, this is all we have. This is the only people that are coming and I'm going to quit. And, you know, I'm not good enough or this church is not going to make it or this church is not good enough. You know what I did? I started to decide, you know what, these people I'm going to love because they're coming consistently. They're they're regulars. I'm going to love them. I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to learn their names. And I'm going to use this opportunity to be a better preacher, to be a better pastor, to be stronger in my faith and more affirm in my faith. Come on, somebody. You got to use what's around you for your own benefit instead of just sinking down with it, with it. Come on, someone. So discouragement is opportunity in disguise. All right. Sometimes watch this. You don't know what you're even made of until pressure is applied to your life. Stop resisting the pressure and let it make you better and stronger. Let it make your anointing permeate in the presence of pressure. Discouragement is opportunity uh, to believe who you are and, and also who you are not. Come on, someone. Stop complaining when pressure is applied to your life. Because watch this, sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's God. And sometimes God knows what's within you. And in order to get it out of you, sometimes God needs to apply some pressure in your life to squeeze out the greatness that he's put inside of you. Oh, come on, somebody. Unless you go through a challenge, you won't know what you're made of. Oh, come on. Are you out there? That's good stuff. Come on. All right. How about this? My last point is this. Your calling requires courage. Your calling requires courage, all right? Watch this. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's bravery in the presence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's bravery in the presence of fear. Come on, someone watching this morning. I believe I'm talking to some people who have the courage to make their marriage stronger. I believe I'm talking to someone this morning who has the courage to step into their destiny. I believe I'm talking to someone who has the courage to get over hangups and hurts from the past. I'm talking to someone who has the courage to step out of the dungeon of, uh, of disparity and discouragement. I'm talking to someone who has the courage to live beyond fear and live firm in their faith. Come on, someone. And to do great things with their life, all right? How about this? Let your convictions give you courage? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about God? And what do you believe about the Bible? Let your convictions move you with courage. Come on, someone. How about this? Joshua chapter one, verse nine says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And by the way, in the Hebrew, discourage actually means to be shattered. And in the Greek, it means to lose heart. What are you losing heart over this morning? What are you being shattered over this morning? And like that I shared about earlier with that psychology, just holding on to that bottle. If you continue to hold on to that discouragement for one year or two years or in five months or even a whole day, perhaps it depends on what it is, it will shatter you. And that's not what God wants for your life. He says, have I not commanded you? This is Joshua. Be strong and courageous, right? Strong and courageous in the chat. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Watch this. Why would God tell, and just a few, and this one chapter, Joshua chapter one, God tells Joshua like four to five times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Why would God tell Joshua, the mighty general of Israel, 
the one who's gone to battle for Israel and won so many great victories. Why would God tell a general to be strong and courageous? Maybe because he was battling, who knows, it's not explicit in the Bible, but it's kind of implicit. Maybe he was going through bouts of discouragement. How could Joshua go through discouragement, this mighty general? Well, watch this. In the, in the book before, right before, in the chapter before, Deuteronomy 34 explains the death of his leader, Moses. And, and, then, and, and Joshua chapter 2, Joshua was going to fight a battle he'd never fought in his life. He's going to fight, fight uh, the fortified Jericho, all right, who are hiding within their walls. It's a mighty fortress. So what, do you, so what do you mean, God? How can Joshua be so discouraged? I believe that maybe Joshua was a little bit discouraged, perhaps because of this. Moses, the greatest leader of Israel, one of the greatest leaders of Israel, had passed away. And I have a suspecting belief that Moses was Joshua's greatest encourager. Oh, come on, somebody. When Joshua was out there fighting the battles with the Amalekites and, and all the ites, all right, guess who was behind him, praying for him, interceding for him, holding up the staff for him? It was his mighty leader, Moses. I wonder if Joshua ever thought, man, God, can I do, it, do this now that my leader is gone? God, am I capable of following you just like my leader had followed you? Do you remember Joshua was the one who was who was standing outside the tent when Moses met with God. Oftentimes I have a feeling that perhaps Joshua was a bit, (coughs) excuse me, (laughs) choking up here, was a bit discouraged and a bit dissatisfied. Maybe he just wanted, maybe he felt a little bit insecure because he, maybe he wasn't good enough to lead like his uh, his former leader, Moses. But watch this, four to five times does God tell Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever, you're, wherever you go. I'm here to tell you this this morning, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Do not live in the dungeon. It's a choice. Step out of the dungeon. Uh, you, The keys are in your hands. Come on, somebody. You are called to be someone great and do great things in Jesus name. And let me just say this right now. Let me just say this right now to somebody. Maybe no one has ever told you you're capable of doing great things. No, as I think about it, as I was sharing earlier, no one really in my life had told me that I can do great things. It wasn't until I started going to church. It wasn't a start, a time, a, until I started reading the book of John and reading the Old Testament and the New Testament. It wasn't until I started reading the wonderful miracles of Paul and Jesus and the mighty disciples that I started to believe that I can do something great with my life, that I can do something great with my faith. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to know that you can do something great with your life too, with your faith, with your experience in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. You out there this morning. So I believe that Joshua perhaps was a little bit discouraged. That's why we get it so explicitly in the text. Do not be afraid, Joshua. You are capable of leading, all right? You were installed as a mighty leader, all right? How about this? Billy Graham once said, the Christian life isn't always a constant high. I have moments uh, with deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, oh God, forgive me and help me. You know what you ought to do as well as well when you're discouraged? Look at, look at Paul and Silas, I believe in, in Acts chapter 16. Do you remember that they were thrown in jail? Oh, I can't imagine the life of Paul. He constantly suffered, constantly suffered. 
He almost in every city he preached and he went to jail in those cities and continually preached the word of God with firm faith. You remember Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are thrown in jail, but they do something in the prison cell that's extraordinary, like a champion. All right. They start to, they start to clap their hands and they start to tap their feet and they start to sing a beautiful hymn to God. They start to have some praise and some prayer in the, in the jail cell. Can you imagine what the other people in the jail cell would have thought of these guys? Like, what are they doing? Are they crazy? It's midnight. Like, go to sleep, guys. But they had, they had a different kind of faith. They were made up of something different. I'm here to preach to a church today that is made up of something different in Jesus' name. Not to live like everyone else out in the world, but be filled with God's Holy Spirit and do wonderful, mighty things, even in the face of discouragement and opposition and in challenging times in Jesus' name. Come on, someone, you out there. How about this? As I land the sermon this morning, did Jesus ever become discouraged? Did, did Jesus ever become discouraged? Watch this, Hebrews chapter two, verse 15 through 16. It says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. By the way, watch this, this word for weakness in the Hebrew, uh, or actually, excuse me, the Greek is actually incapacity. It means incapacity. But watch this, we have one who has been tested, underlying tested in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach, and this is one of my favorite verses right here, here. watch this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How can you even use weakness and Jesus in the same sentence? How can you even put incapacity and Jesus in the same framework or paragraph? Watch this. I, I, I believe that Jesus had... Some opportunities, yes, to be discouraged. Why do I say that? I mean, I just, as I even think about Jesus, what he had to deal, deal with in the 12 disciples. I mean, Peter, uh, Peter even denied Jesus and denounced him. All right. Uh, 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 Judas even betrayed him, yet still loved him through those years. Come on, you don't, you don't think Jesus knew that that was going to happen? Yes, he did know. And yet he still ministered to him and loved him. Do you not think that Jesus and Jesus dealt with the Pharisees, the religious elite, he even turned over tail, tables and made a whip? Come on, someone, you out there. Jesus was 100% deity and God. Watch this, but Jesus was also 100% man. He also was tired. He was hungry. He needed to sleep like a man. So did he have bouts of discouragement? Probably so. But watch this, Jesus also had the courage to move beyond uh, moments of disparity and moments of discouragement. Come on, somebody, watch this. He had the courage to carry a cross. He had the courage to be whipped with a cat of nine tails and, 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 and not lash out or, or complain. He had the courage while even dying on the cross to say, Father, forgive them for they had no not what they do. And watch this, my point in, in sharing this scripture is that if you go through discouragement, he, it says this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus knows what it is to feel weak. Jesus knows what it is to be tempted. Jesus knows what it is perhaps to be frustrated just like us in the face of discouragement. I'm here to tell someone this morning who has been battling with discouragement. You've been discouraged at the workplace. You've been discouraged in the marriage. You've been discouraged by watching TV and look and, and, and seemingly watching the state of our nation right now. You've been discouraged by your children. 
But I'm here to tell you that to be, remain encouraged in the Lord your God and be filled with his word and stand firm on his word and believe who you are and believe who you're not. Come on, somebody. You're called to do great things. Step out of the dungeon. All right. Discouragement is a choice. Make the choice to step out of the dungeon and step into your destiny. How about this? Discouragement is opportunity in disguise. How about using, seeing everything around you uh, uh, as oppor- that are challenges as opportunities for growth, all right, in your life, to get better, to get stronger, to let your anointing flow, to let your anointing permeate in Jesus' name. How about this? Your calling requires courage. You know, you can lead courageously even in a crisis. You don't have to succumb to everything that's out there. And watch this, knowing the word of God, believing in Jesus, and in your prayer times, it will fill you with great courage. I love what 2 Corinthians Four, chapter eight, verse nine says, it says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. All right. Uh, and I want to leave you with this. I got to throw this one in there. All right, I have to. I don't know about you, but so, so much of the time, I think we listen to ourselves more than we talk to ourselves. And what do I mean by that? I think there's a lot of times that we are listening to the discouraging thoughts in our own mind, telling ourselves, let alone other people telling us, but telling ourselves that we're never going to amount to anything, telling ourselves that we're incapable. But I, a practice that I've done, even while in full time ministry with this church, is, is quote scripture out loud. And as opposed to just listen to myself and listen to uh, darkness, all right, if so to speak, or insecurity. And sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. Come on, someone. Sometimes you need to metaphorically look in the mirror or look in the mirror and tell yourself that you are capable, that you are strong enough, that you are worthy. And everything in the past that has tried to set you back was a setup to make you successful. Oh, come on, somebody. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.